Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Mr. Davis is back in town. Unfortunately, I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. Hey now, it's not just lukewarm Luke Owen, is it? Oh, God damn it. It's the new gem that champion Luke Owen. Lukewarm Luke Owen, even. That's that's my full title, isn't it, Mr. Davis? Your full title, uh, and which comes with an accomplishment. Um, It comes with... How many how many pounds of gold is the NWA World's title? Ten pounds of gold. Is it just ten pounds? Eleven pounds of gold. <laughs> That's how much the championship weighs. Do you know what? I, I, so I did a. Uh, oh, by the way, hello to you, hello Swap Nation, and a hello to you, uh, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? Um, I I did a a bit of a photo shoot yesterday mm. with the championship um, for the old social channels. Someone replied saying uh, hashtag Not my champion. Um, yes and hashtag i'm with the ollie authority and i just retweeted being like and you're right i'm not your champion i'm your champion there's a big difference <laughs> someone replied saying like but you're also a champion because you're the um quizlemania tag champions i'm a former quizlemania champion and a former and the current cinemania champion as well i've got all the accolades so we've gone from and i i've got a lot of sympathy for professional wrestling companies now now that we're <laughs> Now that we're trying to juggle storylines, you know, not not story, I mean real life. Yes. But uh, yeah. st- like creative ways to work real life into live reactions views. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden, in just a few months, <laughs> we're, we're, we're struggling to long-term book. And oh, we've yeah. got five different titles. <laughs> Yes, I didn't even mention the um, uh, the trophy emoji trophy, mm. which is oh I, I only I only I didn't need to mention that because I've never won it. Uh, I've never won Wrestle League. Came close, come close a couple of times, but I've never actually won Wrestle League. Well, I think yeah, I think I, I'm 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 
racking my brain over the next week to find a way to retcon this all together and make it seem like one big master plan. And everyone will go, wow, it was all going to come together like this, which I think, you know, happens way more often than we think. Because oh, in wrestling? In wrestling, in, oh, yeah. in movies, like but in comics, anywhere. in particular. Yeah. Star Wars, anywhere where there is some kind of long-term effort to storyline, storytelling. This recent experience uh, has taught me that you can go in with the best intentions. Mm -hmm. You are going to... So much is left up to chance. New ideas that pop up. Things go wrong. (laughs) So you you do get into a a situation very quickly where you're booking stuff on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the key is never say that out loud. I'm and I and I'm not saying that out. I'm not saying that out loud. I'm no. just commenting that's what I think's happening to other other companies. And if you don't say it out loud, everyone's like, man, genius. Well, do you remember when there was that theory that the SmackDown hacker was also a part of <laughs> retribution? And that's how it, like everyone was like, and that's how it's all gonna tie together. I was like, if that had been the case, like if they'd have just gone. Oh, and also the SmackDown hacker is in the group. There would have been some people be like, see, they can do long-term storytelling. Told you it was all part of the plan. Mm. Yeah. But quite clearly, it wouldn't have been. Anywho, speaking of not being quite part of the plan, Raw Underground wasn't on uh, Raw this week. Um, I don't know if there's a reason why. We'll find out, I suppose, when we get into the main show. And it's coming up right now. Has Raw Underground been dropped? It certainly looks like it because it wasn't on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. It has been for the last like six weeks, two months, ever since it debuted. There's been Shane McMahon sweatily jumping around in his basement with some enormous bouncer guy outside letting people in and having one minute, two minute squash matches where Shane excitedly narrates outside it. There were strippers involved at one point. Remember? The first oh, yes. installment had strippers the in music. it. The sexy music. All of the terribleness, the terrible production work. And this week, after no Clash uh, after Clash of Champions the previous night, there was no Raw Underground. Now, no one is saying, no one's been re- reporting or anything, that Raw Underground has been dropped as a recurring feature moving forward. However... It has been the subject to various cuts and changes since its inception. And usually we talk about people where someone's high on something backstage. It's a, it's a three-week push. And Raw Underground, to its credit, has lasted longer than three weeks. We both said that it would be gone in three weeks' time after it debuted. But it's, it's somehow gone and worse and more boring. But I yeah. think if I had to put a flag in the ground, I don't think it's fully dead. I think it will be back in some version next week. But by the end of October, it will have fizzled out. Can I give you my speculation on why there was no Raw Underground this week? Speculate. Raw Und- my, this is pure speculation on my part. Raw Underground is predicated on the appearance of NXT stars. 
it's mostly NXT talent and it's always NXT talent around the ring. So if NXT talent are not allowed to be in the Thunderdome because they're at the Performance Center where they've recently had an outbreak, that's probably why we didn't have a Raw Underground this week. It's why Metribution weren't on this week because they have just come from the Performance Center where they've had this outbreak and a couple of them, uh, they've all tested negative, but they have been in contact with people and they had their cronies around them last week and things like that. I think that's my pure speculation as to why there was no Raw Underground this week. Are you telling me <clears throat> that it might have been a bad idea to book two new segments in the last couple of months that require loads and loads of extras in the middle of a pandemic when they're supposed to be practicing social distancing? I very much think that that could be the case. Yeah, who um, could have seen this foot back like backfiring? I, I've got, you've got to have sympathy for them. No one could have foreseen this. Absolutely not a jot could have foreseen this coming. I'll be honest with you though. Here's oh no, you've you, <laughs> exposing the business there, exposing your non background. What are you talking about? This is <laughs> this is my wallpaper for the entire flat. <laughs> um, I'll, do you know what's funny though? I didn't realize there was no Raw Underground segment until after the show had finished and I'd gone on Twitter and like no one had even mentioned it to me on there. I was just scrolling through and someone just went, was there a Raw Underground segment last night? And I was like, oh yeah, there wasn't a Raw Underground. And I hate, hated Raw Underground. I said last week in the review uh, that I did for this channel, I hate Raw Underground more than Tim Quick hates the Rick Thunder. And Tim oh. Quick really hates Rick Thunder. I hate you. Um, so I, much. So there is the yeah. I, I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there. With that, Thank that's you. the reason Retribution weren't here either on this episode of Raw. They had a brief video package, and they also had an interference light flickering spot in the Hurt Business match. But uh, I guess one other reason could be this is yet another show that was reportedly still being booked about two hours before it went on air. It's the classic mm -hmm. Vince McMahon tore up the scripts, didn't like what uh, everyone had down. This is the new post-pay-per-view direction following Clash of Champions. We're in a weird period right now in WWE on Raw, SmackDown and NXT because there's a draft that starts next Friday and did will finish the following Monday. Did the draft not start today with Mandy Rose coming over and, and uh, Dana Brooke coming across? Your guess is as good as mine. It certainly <laughs> seems that way. And I think there's, you know, there's some storytelling gold here. You just say, look, post-Clash of Champions, that's the blow-off to everything we've been doing. Then, thankfully, we don't have to sit through the same matches on Raw that we've been having for six months. And you just have everyone appear on all the shows, two weeks of craziness to build up the idea of the draft. And you can sow those seeds. You can go, oh, these two are feuding. They might go to the same uh, the same brand together to continue that storyline. Others can be red herrings. Unfortunately, not. There's this there's this gift, this storytelling gift that WWE do on a, a near annual basis, and they never make anything of it other than here's Stephanie McMahon on a podium, and there's some weird robot in the back room. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, the problem with your idea there is that would have required some semblance of foresight and a bit of planning 
because you've had to say, right, well, here's where we're going to be in two weeks. So let's start sowing those seeds now, as opposed to, <laughs> I mean, this show felt like, as you said, rewritten an hour before it started. Yeah, so Raw, Raw Underground stuff typically is produced earlier in the day, maybe the previous mm -hmm. week, because you've got you've got a whole different setup there. Uh, I don't even know if it's in the Thunderdome. If that's still being recorded at the Performance Center, then maybe that is more weight to your theory of that's why it couldn't have been filmed because of that reported outbreak last week. Uh, but it also could be because, and, and this happened uh, about a month ago, they had a load of stuff filmed for Raw Underground. It was a Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir singles matches. They cut them. They just got yep. rid of them, even though they apparently went down well backstage. So and apparently Vince didn't even watch it. Vince didn't actually watch the segments. He just cut them. Yeah, so, well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, all, all those reports of Shane McMahon potentially taking control of Raw, I think I think it needs it at the moment. I think you need oh. one singular creative force that can sort of have at least a vision there, as opposed to what seems like being happening, is Bruce Pritchard is focusing exclusively on SmackDown, which is working wonders for them. Uh, we've mm -hmm. been saying it for a few months now, that the Bruce Pritchard era because he knows how to work with Vince, has been very, very fruitful. It's, it's got some of the best stuff going on in WWE right now. All the Sasha Banks-Bailey stuff, the Roman Reigns stuff. But it has left, with Paul Heyman's removal, this creative vacuum on Raw that isn't being filled by anything. It's just the same storylines that we've had from pre-Heyman. It's Angel... Gaza and Andrade versus Street Profits. It's the Hurt Business versus Apollo Crews and Ricochet. It's the Mysterio family versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. I, the Mysterio thing, Seth Rollins has been feuding with Rey Mysterio since May. Since May! That was months ago. Mm. I've had so many pay-per-views in between that. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Lockdown has been hard on lots of people, but it's also been tough on, tough on, well, you know, my big hairy balls, Luke. Yes, yes, your your big hairy balls, Ollie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for providing the best materials to give you the best manscaping experience possible. This could be the greatest ball shaving of all time. Hygiene is super important in this, the new now. And the perfect package essentials kit by Manscaped comes with everything you need. High performance USB rechargeable body trimmers with its advanced skin safe technology, which is far more impressive than WWE's AI nonsense at their pay-per-views. It's not just your big hairy balls that need sorting out. You also need to look at your big, your big hairy nails or your, I guess your long hairy nails or you know, your big, your big long nails. Along with the perfect package kit, you should also order the Shears 2.0, a newly improved luxury four-piece nail kit with stainless steel slashed tipped tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Enroll in the Peak Hygiene Plan for quarterly replenishments of your favourite products and get 20% off your order using the code WTTV. There's even free international shipping to the US, Canada, Australia, and old blighty United Kingdom. So get 20% off your order at manscaped.com using the promo code WTTV. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WTTV for 20% off your order. Your neat and tidy balls. Well, thank you. Um, so let's have a few super chats on Raw in general, and then we'll get on with the full play-by-play uh, review. So get in all your su- 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 super chats. We will <laughs> get to all of them throughout the show. Bacon Rasher says, "Hi lads, I watched Mr. Davis's review in about five minutes. I want to say thanks for watching it for us. Agreed. Raw is stuck pre-draft while taking SmackDown stars. This crap will continue. It's a mess." Hashtag Andy's JTJ. Just going to say as well, your mum jokes in uh, this week's Raw review were very, very good. On Thanks, point. Man. On point, uh, mate. I had, I had a mum joke last month, and it really made Pete laugh. Pete, Pete, <laughs> never, Pete never sells. He doesn't sell much, does he? But mm. Chopper, corporate Chopper, this was before he was under my control. He messaged me privately and said, 
that mum joke really made me laugh out loud. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna really work on getting those in. <laughs> so you can see, we watch this space. We have had one from uh, Cable Allen on the subject of Raw Underground. Uh, you do realize those cut Raw Underground matches were just used the next week uh, with the uh, Duke and Shafir matches. Both happened the week after. I don't know if they were the same ones, though. Yeah, I heard they... I, I recall those being sort of just new matches that they filmed. Yeah, because it was one uh, against the Iconics, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, which is the show, and it was the show that they broke up on. Uh, you can continue if you'd like. Jamie Lavin was really not a fan of Andrade being squashed. He's dead in the water, as is Zelina Vega. What a terrible idea it was to break those two up. We'll get on to that. Gareth Tweety, shame Randy didn't use his goggles to finally see John Cena. Nice cock, boys. Keep up the good work. Those night vision goggles were the funniest thing I've seen. Like, it was so much funnier than the intended comedy of the 24-7 title picture, which is not funny whatsoever, but Randy's crap Ghostbusters <laughs> costume for that final segment was hilarious. Do you think that, or, or do you do you remember when Randy used to be a really complex, psychologically complex heel? Yes, but that all went out the window when he started doing photoshops of legends in hospitals after he mm -hmm, punted them. Mm -hmm. uh, DJ the second, my friend looked up what Autumn was wearing. Turns out. <laughs> This is so Turns good. out they're auto-darkening welding goggles. So, you know, the exact opposite of night vision goggles. I ah, know, you see, it, it, it made the room so dark he could see. <laughs> God, Absolutely so rubbish. So bad. Uh, we'll get on to that. I, it, it pissed me off in so many different ways. Uh, Zach Robinson, time for a question about everyone's favourite faction... Metribution. Out of the core members, who do you guys think is most likely to have the rocket strapped to them and or have a lengthy title run? My money's on T-Bar. Yeah, I mean, he's the only one who's cutting promo, so yeah, I'd imagine it is him. Of the male side of things. Which one's T-Bar? That's Dominic Dijakovic. Right, I agree. That's who I was going to say. Uh, just two more here for now. Natess didn't watch Raw last night, and it sounds like I should be glad for that. I was livid when I heard they'd changed Alistair Black's music. Best theme in WWE. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned this in your review. Like, I, I, I as well was like, why would you change that? But then as soon as you mentioned it's the CFO money thing, I was like, ah, yeah, you know what? That totally makes sense. Well, that I, I assume that's the reason yeah. why. But because, that makes that does make yeah. sense, though. Uh, and the Jam 1 Ryan B. Jam for now hated Black's new theme. The presentation is fine, but Root of All Evil was a fantastic theme. It really was. It's also gross what WWE are doing between Murphy and Alea. Alea? Alea? Aaliyah. I thought it was a. I thought it was Aaliyah. I kept having to redo my news today because my my mind was going, "Don't say Aaliyah, don't say Aaliyah," and then I'd say Aaliyah. I uh, think right. Aaliyah. Well, we'll get to that. I I I don't have an issue with it, although I can see why people would. It's one mm. of those, you know, because of everything yeah. that's happened in the last six months. Um, right, let's get on with the full... Oh, actually, no. No? I've got to challenge you to something. Have you? Yes. <laughs> Don't get rowdy. No, thank you. There's a draft coming. Can you feel it? Can you feel can. it on the back of your neck? I can. That's I can't me. feel a draft is in the air. Oh, it's That's you. I'm oh, sorry. 
that's me coming for you. Next mm. s- next Friday, SmackDown is going to be night one of the draft, and then the following Monday's Raw is going to be night two to finish it off. I challenge you, lukewarm Luke Owen, next Wednesday, three o'clock GMT, BST, 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 BST right now, BST, yeah, on Wrestle Two. What a great! We're going to do we're going to do a live draft. <gasps> a live draft. So we are going to yes. do a draft. I, I will be representing Raw, and uh, presumably, will you be representing AEW. SmackDown? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll do SmackDown. Well, it doesn't matter what brand it is. We're just no. trying to build the best roster, but it's going to be a shoot. I'm going to try and grab one of yours. You're going to try and grab my picks. And yep. yeah, you, you you can all vote on who you think will be the winner. What do you want to put on the line? A few Wrestle League points? Well, no, because the last time we had Wrestle League points on the line, uh, Laurie got mad upset because he was winning. So I, d- I don't know if we'll 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 discuss what There's will only... be on the line. Please give in your suggestions. We only came up with this idea this morning, and we need your help. But yes, go and subscribe to Wrestle Two. Uh, it's our second channel to this one. It is. I know. It I know is. what you think. Parts of Unknown's the second channel. That's a different channel. Wrestle Two. Is yeah. Wrestle Talk too? And uh, in fact, if you, if you think, if and if you're watching this now and being like, "Oh, why aren't these dweebs talking about New Japan's G1? It's been fantastic so far." And that would be an excellent question, but you'd be wrong to ask that because that coverage is happening over rest on Wrestle Two. Old Tempest has been doing it. He's had Randy, Andy, Dutton, and he's had me, and he's had Louis on the show with him, um, doing live reactions to the G1, and did a brilliant wrap-up podcast with Sunel, um uh, last Friday, which you can also go watch over on Wrestle 2. And Tempest is also doing his Wrestle Talk recap, which is like recapping all the biggest bits of news. Clips from this podcast. Oh, oh, Mr. Davis. Oh. There's so much good stuff over there. So much fun to be had. Uh, or look, did you see Sami Zayn's uh, New, New Day podcast interview where he, yes. was, he was reprimanded for doing too much fun stuff? <laughs> yeah. it was like, I, I, other people were finding it annoying i was told to mm. not be so annoying <laughs> poor guy he's just poor guy. He's too excitable <laughs> uh right so this episode of raw it opened with all of the guys who helped Drew McIntyre beat Randy Orton at Clash of Champions. You've got Ric Flair, Christian, Big Show, Shawn Michaels. They all come out, they stand in the ring, and they welcome down Drew McIntyre. And Drew's like, you know, it's typical Drew stuff. He's very genuine. He's very heartfelt. He thanked, uh, there was a bit when he said, thank you, Shawn Michaels, for you know, sort of being my NXT daddy and guiding me through there. When he was talking to Christian, that wasn't a TNA era. They were recollect. No, 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 no. There wouldn't have been absolutely not. No, no. They Although speaking of TNA, the main event of this show uh, would have been the main event for any TNA pack pay per view from a certain yeah, period of time. Uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty much that. Um, it it was fine. It was a bit tired seeing the the legends paraded out again. Uh, I don't think it's the best use of them. We we had our issues with the Clash of Champions booking using all four of them in that way to beat Randy sort of made Drew look a bit weak by comparison. And it really felt like a blow-off match. But then Randy Orton appears. He literally says, it's not over 
until I say it's over. He said the word Helen. So you know where that's going. Helena Sellers next month. And then he left. He definitely yeah. left. He took his bag with him. Yeah. It was as soon as Orton appeared on the screen to be like, hey, Drew, I'm not finished with you yet. I was like, why aren't we finished with you yet? Also, like, why are we not selling the punt either that you took in the ambulance match 24 hours? Well, like that move's done at this point because Keith Lee was on this show as well. selling no selling the effects of that. HBK mm -hmm. really did a number on that move. And it's just like the three month thing is back. WWE love doing this where you have, you know, three months of the same match for the title and you means we're leading into hell in a cell where we're like okay is randy gonna lose for a third time or will this be the month where he wins because the, the the worry is if he wins here they might just do randy drew again the, the month after where drew's gonna aim to get his title back meaning we'll get four months of this well i, I logically um I, I i now see why they did the legend interference because you can set that up as now we've got a cell no one can interfere, in theory, because it never goes down that way. People always break into the cell. So at least, you know, Randy's got a reason for why he, he would want to wrestle in that stipulation. But yeah, I totally agree that the, the match is, the, the feud's climaxed already. Mm -hmm. Randy has had his receipt from every single person he has wronged. Now is the time for the character, the story, the title program to move on. But it's not. Also, starting to set up feuds and big matches now is going to cause havoc in October because either it foreshadows where people are going to end up in the draft, Randy and Drew are going to stay together to have that Helena Cell title match, or they don't, and that sort of gives away that the guy who's not on the brand any longer will lose. And you've got that weird two-week period after the draft where they've got to build a match for the pay-per-view despite being on opposite rosters. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, also, Drew opened an, uh, issued an open challenge for the end of the night. For yeah, his title. Pr pr practically begging for new challenges. Um, to, to something different on Raw. I did think it was going to be Keith Lee answering, so we could have yes! three. I thought we're going to get our trio of Keith Lee, um, Drew McIntyre matches, um, but I was pleasantly surprised with who we got in the end. Well, and then, until I saw your review, and then that really did put a, a damper on my spirits. So after, yeah, we'll get on to Keith Lee very shortly because he's not far away here. Asuka took on Zelina Vega in a Clash of Champions rematch. It was pretty much the same match. Asuka's arm was worked over again. Asuka made Zelina Vega tap in the Asuka lock twice on consecutive nights. Vega tapped. These are the first real outings for her singles career. She will never be taken seriously as a challenger in the eyes of the viewers. Nor is that this just says to me, the, but the backstage don't take her seriously either. So why should I care? Yeah. I, I mean, there's nothing more to say about this than what was said on the Clash of Champions review. I don't think it should be Zelina Vega. There's, I mean, that Raw's actually got quite a decent little women's roster, but they just don't fancy utilizing any of them at the moment. I guess they're just, I mean, they've been sat on their hands with Bianca Belair since WrestleMania. But haven't you heard? Vince McMahon is high on Peyton Royce backstage. But not just Vince McMahon. The entire locker room oh my God. is high on Peyton Royce. <laughs> Uh, after that, we got a clip of Ric Flair. You know, I called them old tribution in the. It's very good. It's very funny. Uh, the sort of legends who helped out. 
Drew McIntyre. They're playing poker backstage. As soon as I saw that, I was like, well, they're getting attacked by Autumn. Yeah. I, I Someone sent me a tweet this morning that made me really laugh, which is like, you'd have thought they'd be watching Raw. Like, basically, they came to Raw to not watch the show. They just came to just like, they'd rather do anything else than watch the episode <laughs> of Raw that's actually happening. Uh, so then Andrade comes out and he is shouting at Zelina Vega as Zelina Vega's kind of being helped off because she's selling the Ascalock. You're nothing without me. I was holding the team together. And then Keith Lee came out and beat him in a couple of minutes. It was there was a little bit of good back and forth there. Keith Lee got to do a leapfrog, which is always fun. But yeah, he ultimately squashed him. Uh, really, it was yeah. an enhancement match for Keith Lee. Now, this was good because I didn't want Keith Lee to answer Drew McIntyre's open challenge because I knew that would just end in a DQ or a loss. But then at the same time, I don't want him here either. This was just throwaway. I don't know what to do with the guy. We were we were hopeful. We were optimistic when Lee debuted on the main roster. We you know when everyone else was down on it, saying they've obviously got a plan with him because they put him right into this Autumn McIntyre program. No, they don't. They had a couple of weeks of ideas for him. Put him out here at this point in his run. It's just how can you get excited about anyone? No. Absolutely not. Like, it, I mean, Sean and Denise were talking about this on the Fightful Review last week, which is just that WWE have now, like, you know, they've. Tr if you're new to Keith Lee, your exposure to him has just been DQs and no contests and one win on Raw and a win over Randy Orton on pay-per-view. But it's just directionless at the moment. So if you're a new viewer to him, you've almost been conditioned already to not care about Keith Lee matches because they're likely mm. going to end in DQ. It's good that he got a win and it's not a DQ or no contest, but also like Andrade's feeling the brunt of that. And yeah, it just sucks for Andrade, but like it also sucks for Keith Lee because this win ultimately means nothing. Because all Andrade's done since WrestleMania is lose. Like he was just losing to Drew McIntyre week after week. Then he was just losing to the Street Profits all the time. Now he's just losing to Keith Lee. He's he's lost. He's lost. You know, his English isn't great. We saw that promo here. That's... So that kind of means Vince will never take him seriously. If he's not getting more of a push, despite being engaged to Charlotte Flair, who you'd think has enormous political sway backstage, he's that he will never succeed in the way we all want him to. And I've I sort of made this decision about a month ago. Okay, if WWE never see anything in you at the start, I'm just gonna. I'm never gonna. I'm just decided to never buy into the idea of a new push or a soft reset to a character because it's never going to happen. We see it with Alistair Black later on. I will say this though, because I need you, you said uh, about Andrade's promo. He speaks English better than I speak Spanish. Hats off to him. He's worked really hard to get better at his English, and I thought that he was he was not you know pretty serviceable. I I, I knew what he was saying. I understood what he was saying. He had a lot of fire and passion behind him. But it, they gave him Selena Vega for a reason, because Vega's mm. a really, really good promo and a really good manager. Shouldn't have split the act up in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. The, the Vince famously wants everyone to cut promos in really, really fluent English. Mm -hmm. So why on earth would you take that that away from someone someone who can't do that? Uh, after that, the Hurt Business are sort of being bullies to a producer backstage who tries to eat at their table. Uh, to be honest, the producer was being a bit of a douche here. Just yeah, on his like, phone, rude, sits down, doesn't ask. 
Why did he? Why did he sit at their table? Like you don't know these guys. Why are you sitting with them? And then Bobby Lashley comes over and says, "You're in my seat." And he scares the guy away, and he's like, "Leave your food here as well." And then the hurt business start eating this guy's food. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. He was eating that food. His fork was going in and out of his mouth. Where are the coronavirus restrictions here? Well, certainly there must be some, because Cedric's not with them at the moment. Mm. He wasn't in this segment. He wasn't at cock either. There was no cock for Cedric. So clearly he's also one of those names that's um, in with those COVIDs along with Shia, uh, Shia, Shana, uh, Naya, Shia and, and Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. And um, Nikki, for the sake of transparency, we're not reporting that Shia LaBeouf has tested positive for COVID. Just putting that out there now, because some people get, some people do take it a bit too seriously when mm. you say things like that, when you say a joke. Well, you, you've got to, with those things, I, I don't blame them. Uh, no. So the, the, then the sort of crap backstage oh. stuff continued. Sorry, Davis. Andy has just sent me a message that has tried to improve on your old tribution joke. Mm-hmm. Retribution. Oh, crap, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. I have I, I after yesterday when Andy just messaged us loads of Discord messages while we're live streaming, which is you know it takes quite a lot of focus. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want that in my ear. I've closed my my Discord down. I bet if I open it up, he's messaged me with <laughs> loads. Have a look here. I bet he's been furiously typed. Yep, here we are. <laughs> oh no, no, he's just messaging me something that- else. No, yeah, I think he's asking, asking about calling spots as well. Well, close that down. Uh, yeah, so after that, our truth had some comedy where he, uh, a ninja approached him, gave him a letter from the deceased Akira Tozawa. If you read this letter, this is because I've been eaten by a shark. I actually laughed at that line. That was quite funny. It's all a trap. Akira Tozawa is behind him. He rolls him up. 24-7 title change. Ah, but the ninja. He is Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak wins a 24-7 title off of him. And then R-Truth wins it off of Drew. And they're going to have a three-way later on. I do not care. So Drew Gulak's also been traded to Raw, right? Yeah. The 24-7 title. Oh, come edit. Come on now. You can't be like Raw Underground where Braun just shows up like, well, I guess Raw Underground just has no rules. Anyone can show up. I thought the 24-7 title was like exclusive to Raw. Are we ruling out the idea of a quarterly cross? Oh, maybe he was part of the quarterly invitational. You're absolutely right. Was that one of his, does that count as his second appearance for the Raw brand? Because he was technically involved in a Raw wrangle at uh, Cock? Yeah, could be, could be. It's, you know, WWE have given themselves an out by announcing different rules every few weeks. And now Mm. they can just put, it's gotten to a critical mass where they can point to those and say, but look, we, we we have planned for this. Uh, after that, Seth Rollins. This was confusing. Seth Rollins came up to Buddy Murphy and said, "Oh, look, you're in your gear. Go go put on that suit that I I bought you." And Buddy leaves to get on the suit, and Seth uses this opportunity to take Buddy's phone. He thinks that he's been texting a layer, obviously a layer, and then Buddy comes back. Not in the suit. <laughs> and no one addresses 
the suit. <laughs> here's here's my reading of <laughs> here's my reading of the situation. But and I'm pure. This is purely me. Buddy was going to answer Drew's challenge, so he got into his gear. And Seth told him to get out of his, like, why are you in your gear? You're not having a match tonight. Go get in your suit. But then when he did this pro- the segment with the Mysterios, where he started reading out uh, Buddy's messages, Buddy was like, oh, hang about. I've not changed into my suit yet, but I, I need to go and stop Seth. And then that also leads, and then that leads to him having a match with Dom and not challenging for the WWE Championship later. Right? That makes sense? Total sense. Uh, Jerry Lawler's out there. Explain that one to me. Oh, number one, why? What thematic uh, connection does he have to any of this? I guess Ray means king, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, so maybe that's it, King Mysterio. Or why is he there? Because there's there was a freaking outbreak last week, and he's at risk. Yes, you over there with the stupid championship belt. Uh, King was there because KO had a match and they needed a so they couldn't do the KO show and they were like what other talking segments do we do well Peep Show's busy because he's in the back playing cards so the only one we've got kind of a moment of bliss because she's on Smackdown so we've got to find one of the other ones we've got King's Court we'll just get Jerry the King in to do one of his talking segments I think that's why it's Jerry the King Lawler nearly dropped my championship I hate that <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I did like that. I I'm actually quite a fan of the whole Mysterio Seth Rollins storyline. It has been going on way too long now. It needs to end. But eyeball aside, this has been great. The matches have consistently overdelivered. Dominic is a real gem who has been built up steadily throughout this storyline. I, th- I I love Seth Rollins' character and his act. It's a shame that they have taken all these henchmen away from him, really, apart from Buddy. But I'm intrigued. The, the, the DNA stuff was fun, but the Mysterio family, ah, you know, I, I feel like this is Ray being like, oh, but I want all my family to be here and work with me. 100%. I think that's incredibly self-absorbed because it's... Why can't they... They could do this better if they just had actors playing his wife and daughter. Oh, going to disagree on that one because I think Aaliyah's really good. And I actually think that Aaliyah's really good in this role. I thought she was smashing last week. I thought she was really good this week as well. I hated last week's segment with the paternity test nonsense. Absolutely hated it. But I thought Aaliyah's acting and it was really good, as was her acting in the other two segments she had. I thought, again, she put in a really decent performance here. So I'm going to go to bat for Aaliyah and, you know, for to Dominic as well. With that aside, th- you are right that this does feel like, Ray, why, why does your entire family have to be involved in this angle? Yeah. Uh, well, you, you agree to disagree on the Aaliyah stuff so far. I, I, I thought she was quite wooden. Uh, but, you know, compared to that person from Survivor or whatever it was they had a few weeks ago who was flirting with the Viking Raiders. Yeah, she's Daniel Day-Lewis right now. <laughs> but the, so what, what happened here is Seth Rollins interrupts. He's like, look, I've got the text messages between uh, Buddy and Aaliyah. Aaliyah, bloody hell. Why can't and, you say Aaliyah's name? Because I trip up. I, 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 
I, my mind says don't say the wrong one, but then the wrong one is <laughs> oh, just going over and over in my head, selling, saying me not to. It happens with loads of things. Uh, but the a Aaliyah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Lee, Lee. I'm just going to think Lee, Lee, Lee. Aaliyah said. Lee, Lee, I had a friend named Lee. Carol, sorry, Carol. Said that anyone who sides with Seth Rollins talking about Buddy should question their life choices. Seth interrupts, says, Oh, but looks like you've been texting that guy. And yeah, looks like Buddy and Aaliyah are kind of flirting over those DMs. So Aaliyah stormed off when Dominic and Ray confronted her about that. And Buddy confronted Seth, put his hands on Seth, got rough with him there. That that's a big deal to me, but they kind of whiz past it because Dominic ran in and attacked Buddy. That set up a match for later. Yeah, so they were like they were putting over that both Ray and Dominic are like so super mad at Seth Rollins, and when they see Seth Rollins, they're gonna absolutely deck him and put this to an end. And then Murphy has they have the whole text thing, and then Dominic runs backstage, runs past Seth Rollins so he can attack Murphy because. <laughs> to play up this sort of like protective older brother thing which would be fine because I, I think it's a bit of an archaic story and it's sort of an archaic trope to to do with a, a with this character and that would be fine if the commentary were addressing that you know hey Aaliyah is 19 she can look after herself but the commentators were going like I do think Dom's right though like you know mm. it's hey any big brother would do this I'm like ah, would they Oh, I know. I think I think that's okay because it's Buddy tried to take out his eyeball, and Aaliyah yeah, is now that's not trying why to go. He's, that's, not, that's not why he's mad at Buddy, though. I he's think not mad he at is. For the, no, no, he I was think mad, he's he mad, is. No, he's mad at Seth for the. I think he's mad at Buddy for texting Aaliyah. No, he's 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 mad at Buddy because he knows that he's trying to get in his sister's pants and he's bad news that well absolutely but Aaliyah is saying hey he's all right you know he's not like Seth well this is one of the things I didn't like about Aaliyah's performance and maybe this was part of a script a scripting reason more than anything where she looks up and goes you're right I am 19 I am naive <laughs> Yeah, and I was... thought, come on, this show is ridden by 50-year-old men. No 19-year-old yeah. says that. They're all arrogant. They're all out there partying right now, getting COVID. They wouldn't say they're naive. Is, has Aaliyah got a TikTok? Because that's what she really would be doing if she was 19 years old. Yeah. Okay, well, that's uh, so, so the controversy, I suppose, about this is... They're doing an angle where a, I think Buddy's like 30. He is s flirting, starting a relationship, it seems, with a 19-year-old girl. And people feel that this is distasteful. I can see why you would think that on a superficial level, because it looks very similar to a lot of the stuff that went down in the Speaking Out movement. However, I would argue this is just a normal soap opera trope. And like Luke said, she's 19. There is no position of trust or power there. It is drastically different. Um, so I am not offended at all. Uh, but if you've been really affected by some of the stuff in the speaking out movement, I can see why this would, for, for lack of a better term, trigger some emotions. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm in agreement with you, broadly speaking. However, I would be very interested to hear from some people who were 
uh, offended by this and to maybe explain to me why I might be wrong on this one because I'm you know absolutely willing to uh, admit that I am so uh, if you do have that please get in touch support at wrestletalk.com that's our email address please do get in touch because I really would like to hear the other side of the argument on mm. this one uh, after that we got Nataliana taking on Raw's newest roster members Mandy Rose and Dana Brooks there too Yes, so, in the hop over. So um, that's another dropped storyline for 2020. Uh, Mandy Night Raw, the the big debut of Mandy Night Raw, has obviously been scrapped because she's now just a tag team with Dana Brooke. Like mm-hmm. this, Mandy Rose singles push has just put her back into a tag team with, but this time with a blonde person. So much blonde in this ring. Uh, wasn't a good match. Mandy Rose won. It's sort of yeah. jockeying for that number one contendership position to the women's tag team titles. Looks like Rose and Brooke will go against the Riot Squad eventually. Uh, but, oh boy, we've got a terrible backstage interview to further that story <clears throat> later. Uh, Alistair Black then took on Kevin Owens. Alistair Black has... Well, this is the this is the most different he's been so far. He, he's got new entrance music, but I would argue his whole character is a lot more animated, a lot more sort of angry. I imagine this is what Vince McMahon thought he needed. The idea was Vince was a big fan of Tommy End, the guy, but wasn't a fan of the Alistair Black gimmick. Thinks he needed something else. That's why he was taken off screen with the eye injury angle, and now he's returned as a heel. And yeah... He's wearing tri- he's wearing uh, tights now. He's got like a big black contact lens um, for you know where he lost his eye. Even though he didn't have that a couple of weeks ago when he did a wrestle, um, it's it's fine. Do you know what I didn't like about this? Is so they cut back from the ad break, and this is a direct quote from Tom Phillips. Because if you're like you say like you know what is Alistair Black's mission? Why is he so mad at Kevin Owens? Well, Tom Phillips perfectly sums it up in such a simplistic way. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That is the accusation thrown to Kevin Owens by Alistair Black. What a nonsense sentence. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That's bollocks, mate. That's a big load of nonsense. That's a uh, that's quite a famous quote, actually. Is it really? Yeah. Just say it again. I'll mean, tell you what. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna copy it because I wrote it down. Yeah. To paste and search, paste and search. Oh. It is from. Uh, it's an Edward Burke letter addressed to Thomas Mercer. Yeah, I know those guys definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. The motivation is not really there. I thought the interesting story was Black is kind of so traumatized by the experience with Ray that he is misdirecting that anger towards Owens. I guess that's what that quote can kind of apply for that. But it's it's much, still rubbish. It's poorly yeah, told. A, a much better way of saying it. Hmm. Is what you just did then. Um, I apologize just... for not knowing that, though. I am thick. <laughs> I, didn't do, I didn't do very well at school. There's... So that they actually had a really good match. I was really, really enjoying good. them in that sort of Kevin Owens 
just brawling style. I, I love watching him wrestle. And Alistair Black is excellent too. Really good back and forth stuff. Went through a commercial break. There was a great swanton bomb off the apron oh. on Black on the outside just before the break. It was a really good hook. Uh, but then and there were loads of kickouts near the end. Really dramatic stuff. They, they work that really, really well. Uh, Black was showing a lot more ferocity. But then Black accidentally elbows Drake Younger in the gut. Any other referee, that would have killed them dead. But Drake Younger, oh, he's he he fake tans. He's he's a he's a wrestler ref. So he just he was like, oh, ouch! I'm calling off the match because of that. And it was it was a DQ loss for Black. And Black's like, uh, and turns round straight into a KO stunner. So that is both matches they've had now. Alistair Black has lost. Uh, the first one clean, the second one via his own anger, and he's ended up laid out afterwards. So I'm like, okay, so this is this new character I'm meant to really get behind. He's got crap new music. He's, the, the, the sort of way he carries himself in the ring is different, but, you know, I don't know if that's any better than what he was doing before. I, personally, I thought his previous work was a lot more subtle, a lot more intense. I liked it more. Oh, and he loses all the time. Um, yeah. And the other thing, so this is that the I'm getting too angry, so the referee is going to threaten me being DQ'd is fine if you do that in a match. But they then did the exact same thing in the Dominic Mysterio Buddy Murphy match. <laughs> and like and like that, or, uh, that again would almost be fine if it was on his own. But across four matches, we had three like pump knee strikes being used as a move. Mandy Rose used it as a finisher. Alistair Black used it as a near fall. Buddy Murphy used it as a near fall. So if those people are just using it as near falls, why is Mandy Rose's one more effective? And also, like, if Mandy Rose's finisher is a pump knee strike, no one else should be doing pump knee strikes yeah. in them in their matches because it just makes hers look crap. Very good point. Uh, after that, Ali walked out of the Hurt Business's locker room. Uh, like, oh, sorry, guys, I got lost. Like, <laughs> what? What is going on here? Where's Buddy Murphy's suit? Why is Ali legit? So, like he came, it came across like he was just an idiot. Oh yeah, like, I genuinely, he looked like such a chump. Uh, and but like if you're trying to do a babyface thing, at least like have him. Yeah, I was looking for you. I've got a problem with the way you run things, hurt business. But no, he's just like, oh, I guess I did went into the wrong room, and it's so bad <laughs> and the, the baby faces look like such chumps luckily the hurt business are incredible and they they look awesome regardless although they did eat that guy's food which was weird uh and then we got a three-way for the 24 7 title gulak versus truth versus tozawa the action was actually pretty good but it's yeah. it's just a shame that guys of this caliber drew gulak is now in the 24 7 title picture after all that great work with Daniel Bryan around WrestleMania time, it's just, it kills me. I feel so bad for Drew. I said this on the Cock live stream reactions as well. I was so sad when Drew Gulak won the 24 7 title because I was like, Cut, not Drew. He's too good for this. Mm. He's too, and now he's, now he's feuding over the belt. It's so sad. So, Truth retained. And then we got, by far, my favorite thing on the show, more favorite. <laughs> than Randy Orton's glasses because Charlie Caruso, oh, she doesn't give a crap. Cuts back to Caruso alert backstage and she just does this terrible segue. No one is more happy than me for R-Truth winning the 24-7 title. He's my Raw Talk co-host. He will talk about that later on. She looks so pissed off. I don't know what emotion she was trying to con uh, convey here. 
And then she, look, here's Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke to talk about their, their win just now. And they cut one of the most awkward duologues I've seen this year. Mandy Rose was just like, well, I am so happy to be teamed with Dana Brooke. You are not bad. And then Dana Brooke said something just as asinine. And then they both just looked off camera. <laughs> the camera panned. Dominic's there. He does this with his gear and just starts, wa starts walking forward. Yeah. Terrible. He's got a match. He's got a match next. Terrible. What it, it looks like that all of the backstage universe in WWE is a, is a rude Goldberg machine where everything is in complete <laughs> stasis until the, the previous bit of action stops and yeah. gives them their cue. It's so wooden. It's so artificial. And when they try and make it an actual living, breathing universe, it falls in on its own rules with the Randy Orton stuff later. Then we got Dominic versus Buddy. Actually very good. Yeah, really, really good match. Um, but yeah, it, it featured the same problem. They did the same spots they were doing in the Alistair Black, uh, Kevin Owens match with the teasing of being DQ'd by the referee, the pump knee strike, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Aaliyah runs down because Dom's going to take it too far by grabbing the kendo stick. She tries to stop him. And that ends up distracting Dominic Mysterio, who gets rolled up and Murphy even grabs the tights uh, to get the win. And afterwards, Dominic says, you know what, dad's right. You are naive. And she slaps him and walks away. Ooh. Uh, and then we got Dolph Ziggler speaking to Adam Pearce backstage. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You address him correctly. That is Raw General Manager Adam Pearce, who is also SmackDown General Manager Adam Pearce, but he's not a general manager because we don't have general managers anymore. But WWE have realized that they sort of do need to have authority figures to book matches, but they can't say he's an authority figure because they told us two years ago that we're never having authority figures again. Great. Okay. <laughs> well, well, that, Adam Pearce. Uh, about answering the open challenge. And I was like, oh my God, no. But luckily, well, it, he, he was saying that, no, you can't do it. You've already faced yeah. it. We need new people. That was exactly it. Which is when I was like, oh, cool. So it was Robert Roode then because uh, Russell Votes had uh, reported last week mm -hmm. that Roode was coming back. Then we got the Hurt Business taking on Apollo Crews, Ali and Ricochet. Really fun it, match. Yeah, I, I, it's me, but I've seen it. Yeah. Seen it before. Seen it actually. I've seen it quite a lot. Seen yeah. it quite a lot, actually. Uh, there was a Metribution light flicker in all of this. Uh, MVP cut a, a really good promo beforehand, I thought. And Ali won, beat an MVP with uh, the 450. So that's what happened a couple of months ago. And it led you know to nothing. <laughs> there was a moment in this, though, that reminded me of SmackDown. So it's clearly WWE's new thing, which is that... So on SmackDown, there was a match between Alexa Bliss and... Um, what's her name? Lacey Evans. And in the middle of the match, the um, uh, Fiend noises started to happen or like Fiend music happened or something. And Alexa Bliss gets like distracted. And Michael's like, oh, my God, the Fiend is here. You cut to commercial break. You cut back to the commercial break. Nothing's actually happened. They're just having a match. And they did the same thing here, which is that they're having this match. Retribution all of a sudden appear upon the screen to be like, oh, Retribution is coming. Oh, my God, Retribution is here. You cut to commercial break. Come back. Nope, they're just having a match. So actually, the tease meant nothing. And the team went even less because they didn't actually show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's 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 what it is. They they obviously wanted some retribution involvement, but they can't have it because they're all self-isolating, apparently. Uh Ric Flair won at poker and walked off. Uh <clears throat> Bianca Belair 
had the second one of these sort of Mr. Perfect style skits where she beat everyone in a sprint, like a hundred meter dash thing. Uh, then she gave everyone a head start, still beat them, and then took on one guy at the end while doing the hurdles and still won. Did you see who one of those guys was? Was it someone said Pineapple Pete? It was Pineapple Pete. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> AEW star to WWE confirmed. Wow. Uh, this this was this is good stuff. Um, I really liked it. It was one of the better things on the show. <laughs> the guy, the guy doing the the hurdle race when he was just norm- he just normally jogged. <laughs> I guess the idea is you focus on Belair instead of him. Uh, after that, we got a Metribution video package in lieu of them being around, and then Drew McIntyre's mystery opponent for the main event was Rude. Bobby Roo. It was. Bobby Roo made his return to WWE. He hasn't been around since, like, you know, WrestleMania, really, because he was uh, stuck in Canada, the worst place to be stuck. And it was a, a fine little Impact Wrestling pay per view main event uh, match, but on a Raw show, uh, drew one with the Claymore. I'm going to, you know, on Friday's magazine show, when they said, like, who do you think could be the next challenger for Drew McIntyre? I said on that show, Robert Roode. I think Robert Roode could come back. He's rumored to be coming back. And you're lacking in main event top heels at the moment. What better way than to just re-debut Robert Roode to come back and separate him away from Dolph and just have a real refresh of the character? We didn't quite get that. And then you said something in your review today that sent a shiver down my spine, <laughs> which is Ziggler and Roode will be Randy Orton's henchmen by next week. And I was like, oh, God, you're absolutely... Oh, that's horrible. What a horrible thought. I've seen this film before. <laughs> We're getting to Hell in a Cell. This is the time when yeah. these sorts of factions come together. It's around Hell in a Cell time. There's no way Randy can now take on Drew McIntyre alone. <laughs> he needs two minions like FTR last year. Yeah, I, I love Bobby Roode. I love NXT Bobby Roode. I love TNA Bobby, Bobby Roode. I love Impact Bobby Roode. I even like Booby Roode. The one night gimmick at Starcast when his name was Starcade. Starcade, yeah. <laughs> I, or um, Bobby Roode on GFW the exact same <laughs> night. Some deep cuts there. Uh, I and I was excited to see him return because glorious. It's a great theme tune. I'm sorry, maybe they'll get rid of that as well soon too. That's another CFO money track. But. Like you said, with the whole soft reset idea, he didn't come back as, oh, cool, a new main event star getting a main event push. He came back at the exact level he left at with Dolph Ziggler as someone who can be quite easily beaten by the champion. He's he's not he's not the NXT level that he was pushed at, unfortunately. And that, to me, after the last two years or three years, whatever it's been since he's call-up, means he will never reach those heights. So shame on me. Shame on me for getting excited. Shame on me for doing that little pop. Because unfortunately, I'm sorry if I sound very sort of depressing on this episode, but it's just I've snapped a bit with WWE over the last few weeks. You're just going to be disappointed. Everyone you love, if they're not being pushed at the full level you want them to at the start or for at least for the first few months, they will never be pushed that way ever in the company because the guy at the top doesn't change his mind. 
Yes. Drew McIntyre's a bit of an exception on that, though. No, they never changed their mind on him. They said from the start that he is the number one guy. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I, was, I think more when they brought him up from NXT, he was just Dolph's lackey for, you know, and then for Braun Strowman's lackey with Dolph Ziggler, mm. then um, Shane McMahon's lackey. He was a lackey for a long time. Yeah. Well, look, the, the amount of people that this happens to in a positive way is minimal. A handful of people. Becky Lynch is another good example. But the amount of people who have been terribly booked into oblivion, Ricochet, Cesaro, Andrade, just just the entire roster. It's, I, I'm just I'm, I'm a bit done with it. Usually when I come back after time off, I'm more optimistic. I'm like, oh, I'm watching wrestling again. Not this time. Watching Raw, is no, no. watching Raw is no fun at the moment. It's really no fun. I, I, yeah. I don't like Tuesdays anymore. I don't like having to get up and watch this show because this show is rubbish. Yeah. It's, and it's been rubbish for a long time now. And it's a shame because SmackDown's ace. SmackDown's really good at the moment. NXT's are eats and AEW's doing brilliant stuff. But Raw's proper rubbish. Well, let's uh, go on to... A lot of people have taken great joy in this. By the way, Drew McIntyre won. Bobby Roode will never really reach the level we want him to in WWE, unfortunately. But after that, the final bit of the, the show, a lot of people have found this very funny. They enjoyed it. They liked the goofiness of it. I, unfortunately... I've got higher standards. I I was very into the Randy. I'm, I'm all for goofy stuff, but I was very into the very psychologically complex heel character Randy Orton debuted after the Royal Rumble and kept, you know, for about six, seven months, as Luke already alluded to, that kind of be, that was starting to be chipped away with those Photoshop gags of people in hospital. But here, here we are. He sneaks into the backstage area dressed as a janitor. He then goes into the room where the old guys are playing poker. He turns off, he puts on these night vision goggles that's all already been revealed to have actually been welding goggles, which makes stuff darker. They're not night vision goggles, but you know, that's by the by. He turns off the lights. He beats everyone up in there via sound effects. Actually quite a smart way to get around actually having to have these old guys bump. Um, and then he turns the light on, whole thing's laid to waste. He walks out, puts his disguise back on, and he's like, thing the guy went that way to the security. And then he walks off. I'm just like, I hate stuff like this. I hate it. Not so much the angle. that It's always going to be cool when someone does a night vision beatdown of someone. It's more the fact that there is a camera crew following this janitor around. What version of reality am I supposed to believe here? Is this a TV show where the, the camera doesn't exist in the realm of the wrestlers? It's like this omnipotent godlike eye that can just show us anywhere. Or is it actually like a sports show or any other kind of reality show where the camera crew are physically there? That's why we have interviews. That's why people play around the camera. This one was just nonsense, and it, it just falls on, it falls in on itself. When you think about it, for for a millisecond, I hated it. Yeah, I mean, it, dude, it's rubbish. I I only laughed because I thought the goggles were so stupid. Like they were so hilariously stupid. It was the same when Slapjack got like revealed last week. It's so rubbish. You can't help but laugh. Like it's so hokey and so dumb. You're like, God, that's actually that's pretty funny. Unintentionally funny. What I really um 
It's so stupid, this angle. Because next week, Drew's going to come out and cut a promo on Randy saying that he attacked all these legends last week, which raises the question, why did Randy wear a disguise then? Because if there's, if it's not a mystery, then why did Randy dress up as someone else to attack them? It's not like he needs to get past security. He works there. It's not like he, it, and he didn't like ambush them. He just walked into the room and turned the lights off. It's, it, he didn't need to be dressed up in such a goofy manner. Those goggles, mate, made him look like such a twat. He looked like a rubbish Spy Kids villain, as Pete put it earlier <laughs> in the chat. He just looked absolutely god-awful. This is not the Randy Orton of a few months ago. This is not the cool psychological Randy Orton. This was a comic, a crap comic book villain. Like one of the really rubbish spy, actually early Daredevil villains. We had like Stilt Man, where it's like, or the, the frog lad, I can't remember what his name was now, where you're like, oh, you're a bit rubbish, actually. You're you're a bit of a bad one. Is it, was he the Leaper, Bradshaw the Leaper? I can't remember. Anyway, it was rubbish. A rubbish, rubbish, rubbish end to way. What well, was actually quite a rubbish show. Yeah, it's uh, Raw is Raw is really really bad right now. It's bad creatively. It's bad repetitively. The in ring wrestling is pretty good, but that it's mostly marred by characters you can never really get into because they're so badly booked and terrible finishes. So, yeah, apart from like three four minutes of good in ring action, an hour, this is awful. Mm-hmm. Now the the word WCW booking gets thrown away thrown around a lot and we're always like no it's not that bad. <sighs> Raw these last few weeks is on on course for that. Mm-hmm. I would say I gave it 2 out of 5 um only for the no raw underground and the <clears throat> I thought some of the wrestling was actually pretty good. I, I got a kick out of the Dominic Mysterio buddy match and the Black KO match. Uh, there wasn't anything so, so bad that would make me give it a one, but it was close. I, I regrettably, I didn't give last week's episode a one out of five. I, I had this worry in my head that I was going to come across as too negative, so I didn't. Um, but really, I probably should have done because that was a one out of five show. This was a two out of five show. Let's get on with your super chats then. Al Feck, what do you think will happen to Raw Underground after fans return? Oh, it's long gone before that. <laughs> Although cock and mum jokes is what makes British humour and Wrestle Talk's team elite. Keep it up. Are your Thank mum you jokes very, very exclusive to the UK? I would have thought they're very much a US thing. Yeah. I would have thought so. Those jokes get around. Also like your mum. Seymour Mendez Jr. I'm glad I'm not the only one who found Orton's night vision goggles hysterical. He looked terrible. Angel Perez. I honestly thought the the janitor was T-Bar. But no, it's Randy with funny goggles. When he was wearing wearing such an elaborate costume, I did think he was a member of Retribution. Brad, can't wait for the next Randy Orton Splinter Cell game. It's very good. Uh, The Only Lemon. Guys, Orton is a viper. And vipers have infrared vision. Do they? Do they? It's in his veins, I guess. So he can see (laughs) in the dark. Also, since Mia Yim is out due to COVID, does that mean so is Keith? Well, so that we don't know. It's it's always hard to sort of speculate on people's private health conditions. Was it wasn't the 
point uh, wasn't the report that um they tested negative all five of them tested negative mm. but they have been in contact with people who have tested positive which is why they've been kept off the show yeah so i don't know how that relates to someone you over here if someone in your household has come into contact with a positive case that whole household has to self-isolate keith lee and me a year yeah, are yeah, yeah. going out married yeah, I don't yeah. Know. no no they, they are dating yeah i yeah. presume they're living together maybe um, they're not so according to this according to nature.com snakes can see in air quotes in the dark thanks to protein channels that are activated by heat from their bodies from the bodies of their prey well, that made them more terrifying. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't like snakes. Nick Quauzak. Every time I hear Ray say, Aaliyah doesn't understand our world, it reminds me of Phil Hartman's frozen caveman lawyer character from SNL. Uh, I was watching some SNL yesterday. Wait. Uh, yeah, Danny DeVito and Dana Carvey. Can't remember. Dana Carvey. Oh, John Lovitz, that's it. I watched some Wayne's World this morning as well. Oh, what a great film, mate. I love that book. Uh, oh, you read that SNL book? Yeah, I picked it back up again. Ben Isaacs, just think, if the speaking out movement hadn't happened, this could have been Austin Theory in this story. And that would have been much worse. Well, we wouldn't have known. Uh, yeah. So we wouldn't know it was that much worse, but there the were allegations there. Zach Robinson, Ollie, just think of Keith A. Lear. When trying to remember Ray's daughter, hey, it's a better use of Keith Lee than Raw. He's Raw run so far. That's good. Hey. Nate S. Lawler had a 50th anniversary on Saturday. Maybe that's why he was on TV. They didn't say that. Luke nope. should switch the belt onto the other shoulder. Going to start to slouch one way. Yeah, this is uh, it's very sore uh, on the old shoulder. It's a it's a very heavy belt. Um, yeah, Nate, I'm I'm I know a few people have said, oh, it's because of the 50th anniversary thing. That's not why he was on the TV show. Because if it was, they'd have built, they'd have said something on the show. He was just there. Angel Perez, super blonde team up. The match was clunky though. Yeah, I agree. Ben Isaacs, three matches on this card featured two former NXT champions fighting each other: Lee versus Andrade, McIntyre versus Rude, Black versus Owens. And yet that was never brought up by commentary. It's a testament to the legacy of the great work done in NXT. It's just a shame they get ruined on the main roster. Ryman well, Orange. That's the, that's the legacy. You do great work in NXT to become mid-card fodder. Ryman Orange. At this point, Ricochet and Ali should go full superhero and form a WWE Avengers. God, that would be like the... What's a really bad... Justice... Justice League Canada, you know, <laughs> a joke <laughs> one. Hurricane would obviously be Nick Fury, a comedy faction that assembles at a big pay-per-view to help beat a big heel. That means they'll be, that's a comedy act. I don't want to see Ricochet and Ali doing comedy. No. And it's funny that you meant, you said like Justice League Canada there as a buried thing when that person who donated that super chat in Canadian dollars. Oh, did they? Maybe that was in my head. Andrew Haram. Fantasy booking, retribution, loses in good matches, bring back Sonya as their exalt, ex exalted one, Absolution 2.0, first female, lead all gold stable thoughts. What? <laughs> retribution loses in good matches, bring back Sonya as their exalted one, Absolution 2.0, first female, lead all... No, I I'm not sure I followed that one. What's retribution got to do with an all-female gold stable? I don't know. I don't, I'm not on board with that anyway. If Retribution's gimmick is 
performance center NXT people. I, I don't see how Sonya fits into that. Uh, the Zornice. Did you hear the retrib- Retribution members scream? So when they no. were getting attacked by the uh, the sound effects? No, I didn't really. Oh, those sound effects were very, very funny, though. Yang Vang. Chopper Pete is Retribution leader. Is he now? Oh. Could be. Old Q-tip. Uh, Andy Buckley, SmackDown, I'm going to continue watching as it is excellent. Raw, I'm not going to waste my time and just watch your reviews instead. Good idea. Uh, Alpaca Nation 87, does Autumn win at Hell in a Cell and Edge return to avenge the legends, mainly Christian? Um, yeah, you've got to think at some point, um, Edge will be making his return soon. I really liked actually, um, I think it was Adam or Pete did some fantasy booking that he was going to be at the ambulance match to cost... Uh, drew the title so that he and Randy sort of form a, a former team again. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I think Orton's winning, really. But I said mm-hmm. that a month ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> said that for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want me to take over? Yeah, yeah. Indeed, I will do. Matt Dennis, idea: Cock and Helena Cell is the end of all current storylines. Then the draft leads to Survivor Series. The brand that wins Survivor Series gets the King of the Ring tournament. That way, Survivor Series doesn't ruin stories. <laughs> but King of the Ring means nout. So, mm. like King Corbin, still King Corbin. Like it hasn't been another King of the Ring for a year, but he's still the king, I guess. It's what you make it, Matt. Like if. I had faith that WWE would do those things and treat them seriously. I'd be all for it, but, you know, they they don't. Um, Venom Kizetsu, if you had backstage gigs in WWE, would you want to be part of creative or talent recruitment? Neither. Jesus rather... Christ, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rather have neither. Um, catering sounds fun. Like, you're just getting to make food for people? That sounds like it'd be an all right job. Oh, I guess talent recruitment, because then maybe you'll get to go and watch loads of indie uh, wrestling. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, it's still me, isn't it? Um, King Rasta, aka Liv Morgan's new boyfriend. Do you see Paul having Brock and the Tribal Chief become a tag team? I hope not. No, 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 no. Single stars, definitely. Uh, Abnahav um, says opinions on Jay White. How would he do in AEW? I think Jay oh, White's great. Yeah, he'll do brilliantly. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's really, really good. He's doing great stuff with the G1 as mo- at the moment as well. Um, XCO, maybe? or X- Yeah, uh, I know this is a random question. Looking to rewatch an NXT pay-per-view. I was curious what you guys think is the best one. Can I get a yes, please? No. Sorry, what was that? No, thank you. Uh, best NXT pay-per-view? Uh, Brooklyn won. Is really really good to go back and rewatch, if only just for the Banks Bailey match. It's good, like proper, like old NXT, which mm. isn't actually that old anymore. But that's what I, uh, yeah, that would be my go-to. I think. What's the one with Champa Gargano too? Uh, the that, one after Mania, that one, right? That one. I yeah. like that one. Was it, like, was it Chicago too? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chicago one's very good as well. Mm. Uh, I'll carry on. Bishop Badass. Uh, my depression was horrible. My dad's Alzheimer's and my best friend died of an OD. You guys are the highlight of my life. Can't believe it's been two years since that Segway dance. Keep up the great work. So sorry to hear that, Bishop. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's I, I watched that uh last week. It's Did yeah. you know? Yeah, well, you know, it's it was it was our anniversary. That was yeah, time time's flown. But uh Bishop, go to if you know if you want someone to talk to, uh support. 
each other page on the website gives you loads of resources to do that. Indeed. Um, Zachary Jenkins, finally, Luke has come back home. Hashtag Lou Takeover. Um, Cracker9123, boy, is Q-Tip ever salty? The only thing he likes is 2020 Michael Cole and heel Roman Reigns. He's as bad as salty JR. He's a salty Q-Tip. He's a nitpicker. He is a little bit, isn't he? But he does love SmackDown. Um, Gareth Toot says, ha ha ha, my name is pronounced too sweet. Oh, um, I have already have a gimmick, boys. Give me an editor job, please. Kiss. We, we, we're stocked up with editors now, but uh, yeah, send, send in your CV to support at WrestleTalk.com. Ethan Bell, the loser of the draft has to do a video giving five to ten reason why the winner is the better man, ending it off with a yes, please, <laughs> or a no, thank you. Yeah. That, that, that means we've got to make another video. That's why. Cracking one, two, three. Uh, Mr. Davis, are you going to do any G1 Climax reviews? Really enjoy your input on wrestling outside of WWE. I missed you on the AEW review last week. I missed doing it. That was that was the only thing I missed doing. Um, yes, I'm, I'm looking to get on one of the live reactions. Uh, it's, it's difficult, though, because I do the WrestleTalk News in the morning, and that's where most of the matches are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Lindbergh, Oliver uh, sent you an email but never but wanted to give you some cash. I think today's news was the funniest one ever. Luke, your shoulder looks sore. You have no idea. <laughs> it's almost like you shouldn't have committed to this. Oh, I know. Absolutely, I know. Well, someone said you've only got to do it for another month, but that's if I lose and I'm going to win again. I'm going to keep being the champion. Uh, Jefferson, uh, sorry, did you want to answer that? I one? was just going to say thank you, Andrew. I did get your email. That was very nice of you to say. Jefferson, uh, Luke, can you please recap the Super Mario story that Adam told on Sunday? Absolutely no, I can't. That's how we lost a lot of viewers. Um, oh, Sam Cropper, I don't get the Hurt Bizner joke. It's fine, we can explain it with a video. What goes on in this town is none of your business. As long as I'm living... That's why. <laughs> Let's play the rest of it. No, 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 it's fine. Okay. Probably, probably should wrap up. Uh, yet yeah, from a film called Taffin, where Pierce Brosnan does all that acting. <laughs> but he gets cut off when he's saying business in one of the weirdest edits I've ever seen. What goes on in this town is none of your business. Uh, <laughs> Westine 79. Uh, Ollie needs to host Jam That Jam Underground. The, ju- the Junderground. Devante Lee, Ollie, SRS is going to sue you for gimmick infringement. Going after people, your mum jokes. He goes after people's mums. I'm just, I'm just making fun of them. Thank you to Darren Battery for your donation. Uh, Metal Bear says, uh, I can get that they're replacing all of CFO's themes, but Alistair Black's NXT entrance was top tier. So mad, only watching SmackDown. Mm. And lastly, Wistine79, do you think that Jeff Hardy will bring Dub- uh, Willow to WWE? Yes, because he thinks it's good. <laughs> so tell us about your week off mate mm. although i hate you of course yeah so i uh i guess i'll pick up from the intro chat we were having about the nature of crafting stories mm. dream weaving as me and Garth <laughs> Marenghi like to call it you've uh, yeah. written more books than you've read so, <laughs> God, I freaking love that show. If no one knows what Dark Place is, because it was only one series, six episodes, it's very briefly lived on uh, Channel Four. But I, it, you know, it launched the careers of of quite a few people there. Richard um, Iwadi, Richard Iwadi, Matt Berry. Matt Berry the, weirdly, not 
uh, well, I can't even remember his name because I think he, oh, he's the, mostly the guy, a writer. Who played, who played Garth Marenghi slash Rick Daglas, MD. Yeah. Uh, muscular and compact. Like I, <laughs> I actually found myself, you know, because I procrastinated a lot of my week off, uh, watching a few old clips. And it was the bit with Stephen Merchant as the chef, the really tall <laughs> chef. And they just kept on slapping plates out of this female doctor's hands because she was asking perfectly reasonable questions. <laughs> but uh, the sort of macho thing they were making fun of there. I don't remember what her name is because she's really funny as well. She's, she's really actually, good, does, yeah. yeah, she does. Um, uh, she's a director now. Done uh, directing, rather. Um, she did a movie about, uh, it was called like, oh man, Prevenge, I think, which is basically oh, about yes. like, um, like uh, yes, that's it, Alice Lowe. Um, it's that Alice Lowe. Alice yeah. Lowe married to. Um, oh, they did a they did a movie together with Ben. Yeah, uh, the Sightseers. Yeah, Sightseers, which is very good. Yeah, uh, Steve Orman. That's the guy. Yeah, weird, weird group of people right there that I love them for. Mm, oh yeah, Actually, uh, yep. yeah. But anyway, my my week off, I sort of traded one job for another. Uh, I, I I resolved to myself to talk about this publicly because I think that's good for accountability. And I, good continuity, because we have mm, talked about this on the podcast previously. I think when we, we did our sort of New Year's resolutions, didn't we, at the start of the year, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write my first novel. And... Well, add that in all of your writing classes that we yes. can talk about this podcast <laughs> for some time now. We've all been building to this. Yeah, and last year, the end of last year, the common theme of the writing classes was everyone in the writing class saying to me, okay, you've got to finish something now. <laughs> you can't just keep <laughs> turning up with these projects. So I thought, okay. So I came up with the idea in January, been working on it, for, you know, way too long. But I I, I, I sort of, I, I sat down and I treated it like a proper job, getting up at 6 a.m. every day, working from 7 through to 1 just writing, writing, writing. And then in the afternoon, I'd I'd sort of do the non-prose parts because I, I find mm. that quite, you need to focus a lot. But in the afternoon, you can sort of go for a bike ride, think about things, loosely plot stuff out. So it was, yeah, working pretty much full-time days on it. And I got to 25,000 words, which is a first act. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very impressive. Really, really impressive to get that done in a week. Mm. Um, and then you were you were saying to me that like you went on a bike ride to try and like have a at least have a little think about your second act. And on that bike ride, you just wrote the second act in your head. Yeah, yeah, it was really yeah, not like the, the broad strokes because I think mm -hmm. I was watching a lot of stuff because it it wasn't so much about well, it was about taking a week off to write a book, but it was also taking a week off to learn how to write a book by writing a book. So I was sort of watching a lot of videos and stuff as well. And kind of further to the point that I said at the start of the show, a lot of a lot of really, really good screenwriters, uh, Aaron Sorkin, Coen Brothers, um, Quentin Tarantino, which, but you know, not all of those names have, have held up over the, the whole course of their work, but at, at some point there was, and they've obviously stuck to that process. And there was this consistent theme, and that is, you plan out as much as you can. But by the time you get to the middle of the story, the characters have changed. They're sort of doing stuff spontaneously. That happens quite a lot when you're writing. It just something happens. You know, oh, man, this is going down a different path than what I thought it would. You, you always know where the end is. And I think that's very important. Uh, and that's how the best wrestling storylines are booked, too. But 
you know, the, the idea of booking the bulk of the middle act and like the final act in particular is very difficult if you haven't written out pretty much all of the first bit because that you get to know the characters and, and learn who they are. I guess it's the equivalent of hanging out with a wrestling character as an agent and really getting to know what makes them tick and how they would react in certain scenarios. And yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, ha I'm happy with where it's at. I'm going to aim to get a first draft completed before the end of the year. So hopefully. Which is rapidly approaching, <laughs> mate. Does that mean that we could get another, like a couple of weeks off of Mr. Davis mm. before the end, before the year is out? I've certainly got enough holiday to do so. <laughs> <laughs> I I reckon <laughs> I, I can I can do twenty thousand words a month, uh, but that means that means working one day a week full time on it, which will be like a Saturday or Sunday, uh, and yeah, that will that will leave me with with seventy five thousand eight eighty thousand words, which is roughly two two fifty to three hundred pages of book, which is why very I impressive, yeah, very so, very yeah. impressive. Thank you. And Congratulations, mate! I'm very, very proud of you, and I'm, I'm, re I'm really, really looking forward to to reading it as well. Really, really looking forward. Well, you will be one of the first. Thanks, mate. Uh, on the subject of Dark Place, though, did I tell you I tried to get my wife to watch an episode of it quite recently? Oh no, it's very Marmite. <laughs> oh, mate, it, it, we got <laughs> ten minutes in. Ten minutes in, and and she did not get on with it at all. She just looked at me and was like, "I don't think I'm going to like this show." But like, it was so early on. Rick Douglas had barely made an appearance. Like the, the last joke that she really heard was um, Dean Lerner saying, when Rick handed me the script, I said to him, and I said to him, I don't, you know, I looked him directly in the eyes and I said, this is going to be the most significant TV show <laughs> in Quantum Leap. It's so, it's so groundbreaking in that it's like that they get the, the, the crappy 80s TV or even early 90s, I guess, tv drama horror thing down yeah. perfectly and it's a very specific genre as well because it's the low budget version of that and yeah. on top of that it's actually mostly making fun of the idea of a dvd reissue of that series with special features because it's peppered with interviews with the cast so yeah. you've got people playing the characters and they're playing the actors playing those characters it's really complex he looked at me and I, I said, I'm not an actor. And he said, Dean, I don't want you to act. I want you to tell the truth. This is, <laughs> this is me, Dean Lerner telling the truth. Yeah. If, again, Dark Place, everyone go out and watch it. Uh, it's it's, really it's on YouTube. In it's also on, it's, on, it's on all four. It's on all four if you're in the UK as well. Where I am still watching Buffy. We're um, up to season four of Buffy now. Here's my, here's my hot take for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, particularly seasons one through three. Here's my hot take. Xander is the worst. <gasps> he is just the worst. But he's Chandler. Chandler fighting vampires. But he's not, though. He's this, like, possessive dick who is just, like, he's, like, madly in love with Buffy. He knows that Willow is in love with him, but almost lords over the fact to Willow that he's in love with Buffy. And then gets really mad at Buffy when she does not reciprocate that those same feelings. Like he, he really acts out about it. And like any time someone like shows an interest, he becomes this like possessive person. And even when he's like, you know, basically already told Willow, I don't feel the same way. Whenever then someone tries to get on with Willow, he acts possessive over her as well. He is the 
worst. And he actively makes things worse in, in terms of like when they go on their adventures. He's always the problem. He uh, he also, you know, had a, a few series of being in a, a romance with Cordelia. Yeah, who that's was like doors. the hottest girl in school. And yeah, do, do you ever think maybe Joss Whedon was living vicariously? <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I will say this, though, you know, a, a, lot, a lot has been said about Joss Whedon over the last few years. Mostly by very, you. Very, very... <laughs> oh, you know, personal life and sort of like his professional career and stuff. I will say this. You can tell the episodes that he's directed because the actors seem way more invested in their characters and the sort of storylines they're doing when Whedon's directing, I think he gets the best out of them because he knows the characters. Mm. And he know, you know, they, they're characters that he's created. So like whenever they've got to do really emotional scenes, I think the Whedon gets the best out of it amongst the best out of them amongst all the other directors. Well, that is interesting. Yeah, because even now I still think of him as a writer first, director second. But mm. yeah, that the, the Abian that I, I think that the easy side of directing is saying, I want this shot, I want this edit. Which is weird because that's the that's the thing I think a lot of film fans gravitate towards. But the really hard part of directing is getting performances from actors. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, mild spoilers perhaps if you are going to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> the big bad, like the end sort of boss of series one is this big sort of puppet thing that kind of like emerges from the hell mouth to sort of fight. And then the final boss at the end of season three is this big CGI snake thing. And the puppet monster stands up way better um, than, the, <laughs> than the CGI snake, which looks pretty shonky. <laughs> In tw through 2020 eyes, looks pretty shonky. We're talking Scorpion King with Rock's face on. Yeah, a little bit like that. Like I, I think even by sort of 1999 standards, still a bit shonky, hmm. even if it was TV. But that's all we've got time for for this edition of the show. Please do get in touch with us. Send in your mailbag stuff to support at wrestletalk.com. Send us an email. Thank you all so much. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.